everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Lessons with Troy, the podcast. I'm your host, Troy Bernie Meyer. This week, I'm happy to welcome back Alan Akaka for another episode of Hawaiian Steel Guitar Talk Story. If you want to learn more about Alan and his school for Hawaiian music, you can visit his website at kekulamele.com. We're going to kick off this episode with my performance of his arrangement of the song Vehi Vehi Oi, written by Thomas Sylvester Kalama. If you want to learn how to play this song, we're offering the tablature, jam track, and performance track on my other site, onlinelessonvideos.com. Also, if you're interested in learning more about playing lap steel, dobro, weisenborn, or pedal steel, be sure to check out my site, lessonswithtroy.com. Right now, here's the song Vehi Vehi Oi, followed by Talk Story with Alan Akaka.
everybody. Welcome to Lessons with Troy, the podcast. Let's go ahead and once again, welcome Alan Akaka all the way from Hawaii. Aloha. Hey, by the way, did you know I was in Chicago this past weekend? Really? Really? Where were you playing? Well, I played at a birthday party. Actually, that was the real reason that we went up to Chicago to play for somebody's 65th birthday party. Someone who loves Hawaii and loves the hula. So, um, he met uh, the person who was invited, Raya Terhelm. Uh, he met her at a performance we did at the Moana Hotel on the beach at Waikiki. And he um, he asked her later on, he asked her, oh, uh, would you fly up for my birthday party and perform? And so she set it up and everything. She asked me to join her. So we went up. There were three of us. And we had a grand time. I mean, the home was, it's a large home, four-bedroom home. Two stars with the basement, and in the basement, get this, in the basement, he has a bowling alley, and he has a bar. I mean, that that's is... a party house to me. It, it's, it's you know, <laughs> and, and, and what was great about this is that um, he had tiki's on his front yard, large, huge tiki's, uh, so people knew uh, where the party was. Uh, and, and then he had, he actually flew in fresh orchid lace from Hawaii, fresh wow. orchid lace. Everybody was wearing a fresh lay from Hawaii that night. Man, that's all out, I'm telling you what. Oh yeah, and he, he had a lot of food and so on. You know, um, it, it, it was it was a fantastic night and, and a beautiful stage. And then we had some friends over there uh, who, who provided the sound, the group Hoapili from the Chicago area. They were there, and uh, I, I got to see my student, Mark Pruka. Yeah, um, yeah. He helped to set up the sound and, and so on, and, and um, it, was, it was nice to re, re, uh, reunite with him. But it was the next night, Sunday night, we went to a place called Tiki Terrace in Des Plaines, which is near the airport. Yeah. O'Hare International Airport. Okay. I mean, just, what, 20 minutes away, and... Um, you know, from the outside, it looks just like any of the other shops. But when I walked in, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm walking into like, a, you know, at Disneyland, they have their tiki, whatever, tiki room. And it, it was like that, walking into the tiki room. And, you know, they had these tikis here and there, and they had photos of Hawaii and all kinds of things. It, it It's a place to go to, really. If, if there's anybody who's listening to this podcast who lives around that Chicago area or is going to be driving through that Chicago area, go check out Tiki Terrace. It, uh, the people who own the restaurant are, are, are great. And the menu itself, the menu itself uh, has, a, you know, a list of local foods. Uh, although my favorite dish was the bacon chowder. I had to have two servings of bacon chowder. It was so good. And she brought out these Hawaiian buns by King's Bakery. Hawaiian buns and that with a little butter. Uh, and, and the soup was great. Then they had um, Kalua Park with cabbage, which is what we have here in the islands. Yeah. They had sushi, um, or what is it, spicy ahi sushi. So, you know, the ahi is a tuna. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a lot of other dishes. Um, you know, you know, it's a, it was great. But the music itself, 
the group Ho'opili that I mentioned earlier, they played before us, and and my my student Mark played with them. He's part of the group, and luckily, you know, they have a steel guitarist in Mark. I mean, he's really really good. Yeah, I've I've heard him. Yeah, it, Mark Pruka, that's his name. Right? Mark Pruka. Yeah. Yes, and uh, the other three gentlemen in the group are all from Hawaii, and they moved up to Chicago because they had choices. You know. Uh, the, the if they uh, to work for an airlines and so their choices included other mainland destinations they chose Chicago and so they're, they're all musicians they all sing so they got together over the years they met each other they got together added Mark later on and they have a great group for Hawaiian songs so you know they're for hire too and they they play all over they've been to Michigan they played in Indiana uh, they played around Illinois yeah. So, you know, if anybody has a Hawaiian luau, this is a shout-out for Ho'opili. Go check them out. Uh, yeah, they're on Facebook. So that's H-O-A-P-I-L-I. And what I'll do is I'll send you photos of, of uh, Tiki Terrace. It's, it's really a, a unique place for, yeah. you know, being in the Midwest or being at the Windy City, you know, to find a club like that. It was, it was kind of cool. It has to be. I mean, Mark's group or the Ho. Ho how do you pronounce it again? Oh, okay, that's H O A Hoa and P I L I Pili. Hoa Pili. Hoa Pili. Yeah, there's Keenan Kamai, uh, who graduated from the same high school I did, but he's quite a bit younger than me. Uh, let's see. There's Ronald Cabanada and also Danny Yamashiro. So Yamashiro does sound very Hawaiian, but his middle name is Hawaiian. And when you look at him. You know, all six feet of him. He looks Hawaiian. They all yeah. look very local, and and they they do some really nice music. It, it, it's it was wonderful to hear that. Um, you know, the Hawaiian sound all the way up there. Yeah. Now, how in the I, I know Mark's a young young guy, isn't he? Isn't he in his twenties? Yeah, he's in his early twenties. He just wow. graduated from from college, and. Uh, of all things in computer sciences, so you know he, he he would like to I think get a job with, that deals with computers and so on. And can you imagine he if he uh, you know doing that and then playing steel guitar on the side? What a life! <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, it would. Yeah. But but the best, of course, is let's see, being surrounded by music seven days a week. You know, um, teaching and playing in Waikiki or Chicago or, you know, wherever the gigs lead me. That's, but, but, un yeah. that's unbelievable for a birthday to get to get a, a gig where you have to get on a plane and fly, you know, however many hours all the way to Chicago for a, for a man. That, for a birthday party. That's yeah, incredible. for a birthday party. Yeah, I loved it. Um, it was nice. It was really nice. And Chicago wasn't so hot, 95 on that Saturday, but it was breezy. So that saved us. The next day it was cooler, but we played indoors in air condition. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. But, it, but, but it was nice, but yeah, you know, if again, you know, a shout out for Tiki Terrace as well as Ho'opili. Yeah. I'll Check try them to... out. You can find them. I think on the, on the web, uh, I'm almost sure you can, but, uh, it, it was really cool. And to see, uh, many people who, who I met in Hawaii, who live in that area 
And through Facebook, I found out there were other people who didn't realize there was a performance there at Tiki Terrace. I said, oh, gosh, I wish I knew sooner. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Hawaiian music fans uh, all over the States. A lot of Hawaiian music fans. Yeah. And, and they're hungry, hungry for some local style Hawaiian music. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. I... I um... This is kind of off the subject a little bit, but I got in touch for a future uh, podcast guest, uh, Tony Locke, and I think oh he, Tony, you know, yeah, he was he played at the the festival, your Maui festival, right, right, right. yeah, he's great. great. I, I'm glad, you know, and and you know, if you can do podcasts with others, including possibly Mark, or I know somebody else, Dave Kolars, who, yep. who lives uh, not far from Chicago. You know, they all have some background in Hawaiian music and still guitar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it would be interesting to to talk to them, uh, you know, to kind of uh, find out what, you know, their outlook on Hawaiian music, uh, why they got into Hawaiian music. It would be great, you know. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with this. Yeah. You know, uh, I heard it at parties. I heard it at luau's. I heard it on the radio. I heard it on TV as I was growing up. And then I got to play with all of these masters, these legends. So, you know, I heard quality Hawaiian music um, and got to learn from the best. For sure. Yeah, you were talking a little bit that you were using a volume pedal on this last gig uh, that you were talking about in Chicago, right? You want to talk a little bit about that? And, and Yeah, you know, my teacher, Jerry Bird, of course, used the volume pedal. And so um, back in the 70s when I was taking lessons from him, uh, he actually got me a volume pedal, a Goodrich. And I've had it all these years, and I've used it off and on, depending on the venue. Um, normally, I don't use a volume pedal. But uh, with certain recordings, uh, depends depending on the singer and his or her style, I, I will use my pedal. With Raiatea, I mean, such a fine singer. She, by the way, I think the best female singer in Hawaii the, with the purest voice. Beautiful. And she has a beautiful soul, too. Anyway, she does some non-Hawaiian songs. And so when we're at Tiki Terrace, I decided, you know what? I'm going to do the entire show with the violin pedal. I'm going to have some fun. Yeah. And so I did, and as it turned out, I really enjoyed it. It's not something I'm going to do when I go to the Marriott. Um, what do you but, find? But, you it, know it, what? Yeah, what do you find? It, it kind of does uh, gives you the capabilities of sounding like. Well, well, you know, with the volume pedal, I mean, with that foot pedal, of course, you can do swells. Uh, with the volume pedal. Uh, you could sustain the note even longer. Hmm. You know, uh, I mean, it's easier than using your pinky to, you, you know, um, to increase the volume on the lap steel. So there's things that can be done. But of course, with that, it, it kind of starts moving away from that pure Hawaiian lap steel sound. Yeah. You know, from, you know, I'm talking about, you know, the 40s and 50s, you know, because nobody, nobody uses a volume pedal. It, at least my contemporaries don't use it. And and some of the other 
not, or I should say steel guitar greats here in Hawaii, they never used the volume pedal. The only one was Jerry Bird. Hmm. And since he was my teacher, you know, and so I tried it, I used it, and I, I really like the sound. But again, you know, I, I don't plan on using it very often. With Raita, I do plan on using it because it, it fits really well with her. Yeah. So, you know, as a musician, um, you know, it, you know, you, you need to be sensitive to, to the artists, whoever's spotlighted and you want to do whatever you can to enhance the audience's experience, to enhance what the singer is doing or the entertainer is doing. And, uh, and, and so thus I use the volume pedal, uh, and, and I had fun. <laughs> That's the bottom line. I had a lot of fun. And then, you know, Mark came up to me and he says, boy, you know, sounding a little like Jerry Bird. At least he alluded to that, which is true. Yeah. You know, and I have no problem with that. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't mind sounding like my teacher uh, because, you know, he gave me that too. Yeah. You know, uh, the ability to, to sort of think and feel like him on the instrument um and so and so thus when i write my tabs mm -hmm. you know I, I think about some of those things you know the connections he taught me how to connect how to do pta, how, you know how, how to how to uh put music massage music into the notes and, and so you know I, I that's that's how i teach my students to always keep that in mind you know uh be, well, you know, make it musical. Don't just play notes. Make it music. Um, do something in between the notes to make it, you know, to um, fluff it up, to, to, to make it richer. Uh, also, tone. Tone is so very important. Uh, yesterday I had a, a student, what is she, 11 years old? So she was playing, she wanted to show me how much she memorized on this piece of music I just gave her. So she was playing through it. And I noticed, wow, she had a very thin tone. And then when I looked over at her hands, she had her her right hand and left hand almost side by side. Wow. And so she was getting something like 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 this, you know. You know. Uh. So it's a very thin sound, you know. So, so when when she moved her hand away from the bar, the tone automatically changed. So, so you know, I, I reminded reminded her that you know you just gotta always be aware of your tone, you know, to make it to make it better, you know, to to make it sound full and rich. Yeah. You know, because again, that's experience that you're giving the audience. Yeah. Yeah. So very important. Very important. So, so anyway, um, I could have stayed up in Chicago a little longer and done a few more gigs. I, I wish, you know, I, because I just enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed playing with, with Raya Tea. She's such a sweetie, but that voice of hers, oh my gosh. If uh, people go over to CD Baby or iTunes, I think they can find her, her latest album. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, Jeff Alhoy is playing steel guitar. I'm uh -huh. playing steel guitar. 
and possibly Casey Olsen on one number, but I'm not sure. Me... Uh, and there's also Hawaiian-style piano. It's, it's just a little nice presentation and some songs that I believe were never, never recorded before. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to hear that for sure. You know, it's hard to find what I've found. Uh, Jeff Ahoy, on, for me at least, I don't know the albums that he's on. You know, I know, I don't think he has a solo album or anything out like that. No, it would be good if he did, but he's played on a number of albums with younger groups. Ah, yeah, okay. he, Jeff is quite popular. I mean, you know, once he gets on that steel guitar, you know, you, you, you know, there'll be good sounds coming out of the amplifier. I mean, he, he's he's quite an artist at his age. What what is in his thirties? He's quite an artist. You wow. know, I really respect Jeff. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's on a lot of albums. A lot. I I I, I could tell his sound already. His style, what he does, and so on. Yeah, really good, vi it's all vibrato. Good. I know it really his vibrato really jumps out at me at least. You're right. You yeah, know me. I love I love good vibrato. Yeah, you're into that. Yeah, good vibrations, huh? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, you know, speaking of of, of technique and musicality, um, let, let's look at this piece of music, uh, this tab that uh, that that I, I wrote up called Vehi Vehi Oi. Yeah. Now, Vehi Vehi Oi was composed by a gentleman who who um, was born in the 1800s, late 1800s. And his name was Sylvester, uh, I'm sorry, Thomas Sylvester Kalama. His father was from Mexico, his mother's Hawaiian. Um, he uh, actually lived in New York City for a while. Uh, he wrote several songs, this being one. He also uh, wrote a song that it's still being played a lot today. That's Maui Girl. Oh, really? Okay. I love a pretty Maui girl. She lives at Waikapu. So that song is still going. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I do that almost every week down at Duke's Restaurant. I mean, it's just one of those nice, up-tempo, fun songs with uh, you know, both English and Hawaiian words. Uh, he wrote also for Broadway. So, uh, so you know, he 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 was uh, yeah, he was he was quite the uh, the composer and so on. Also, his descendants include Nina Kelly Ivahamana, who is you know on, she was on Hawaii calls that beautiful beautiful soprano voice, and I, and I think she has perfect pitch because you know um, one time she, uh, in fact. On at least two or three occasions, three occasions, she did. Um, she joined me on on my Islanders recordings, and you know, um, I remember uh, I asked her to do Hanalei Moon, so she came into the studio, she listened to the track, and then she went uh, into the booth and sang. And that was the first take, yeah. And she says, uh, "Would you like to do it again?" I said, no, "I don't think that's necessary." <laughs> It was perfect. It was just perfect. <laughs> but you know, I had to come in to do other projects with me, uh, with you know, with you know, like Sunny Kamehameha and Benny Kalama, and 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 you know, she sang uh, a song again, perfect. And then I had to do you know harmony parts, so she dubbed in other parts, perfect. 
Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, she's a descendant of Thomas Sylvester Kalama. Okay. And, and Nina, by the way, is from the famous musical Rodriguez family. Her brother sang on Hawaii Calls 2, Boise Rodriguez. Um, her sister, Mackie, uh, also sang. Uh, another sister, Lani Castino, she was the prima donna hula dancer. And she could sing. She, her voice was sort of like Nina's. In fact, um, I found a video on YouTube. It's Hawaii Calls and Waikapu, W-A-I-K-A-P-U. The singer is Lani Castino. A beautiful voice. I mean, she, you know, looks well. She was beautiful, <laughs> and and then when she danced, oh, I just loved it. So a, a, anyway, um, so that musical family, and unfortunately, they have us uh, recording. They did, but it's no longer available. You know, it's not even on CD. But uh, oh, beautiful harmony with the, the the girls and their mother, who also performed with. Auntie Janelle Kiabi, who I was with since the 1980s. So anyway, musical family. Let's get yeah. into um, let's get into Vehi Vehi Oi. Yeah. So let me lower my camera, and then you can see my still guitar. So this song is in three four. So a waltz tempo. Okay. So it, it just to give you an idea, the melody goes something like this. It's a beautiful song, a love song. That's a yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So this is from like the turn of the century, you know, twentieth century. Um, anyway, in, in the song itself, I I, I used um, I use some uh, slants. In fact, there are many slants in the song, and one in particular is a split bar. The yeah. split bar. The thing about the split bar is that, you know, it's an auto-tune slant. So I'll, I'll give you an idea. Uh, let me do strings two and five and fret seven, six, and I get this. Okay. Fine, that's easy. Now, with the split bar, I'm using three strings rather than two. And in this case, I'm going to use strings... Two, three, and five. Mm -hmm. Two, three, and five. Frets, seven, seven, six. So this is what it sounds like without me modifying what I'm doing here on the slant. Okay, so I have the top note. I have the top note and bottom note in tune. Now I'm going to add the, the third string. This note is oh, grossly out of tune. It should be this. Okay, so how do I tune this? And this is really important now for, for those of you who attempt to play this tab. You need to, add, you need to apply pressure on 
the second and third strings. By doing so, you'll sharpen the string. So, therefore, um, get the bottom string in tune. Make sure you remember this note in your ear. Okay? And then the top string will be slightly out of tune. And of course, the third string will be out of tune. So add pressure. As you can see, I'm adding pressure over here. Let me bring my camera a little closer okay. so that you can see what I'm doing. You know. Cool. Okay. Okay, you can see that. So you can hear a little music in the background, and that's the song itself, just a sample. Okay, so you're going to hear it now. So I have this. There. Just by adding pressure. Those were all split bars. You know, so, so, you know, you have a choice when you play chords. You can use two notes, or you can use three, or you could use more. But when it comes to slats, well, you probably will use three, three max. Um, and, and, and it just, it just uh, makes the card sound richer and fuller. It, you know, um, it'll give it a, a fullness. So... So let me play a, a little of that just to show you what I'm talking about. And this will be sort of like at, at, at the very end of, of Vehi Vehi Hoi on page three. So um, um, this is a tag. It's the very bottom of page three. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go... So the thing about the split bars is you just got to work at it and, and, and you got to, you know, you, what you want to do is you want, you want to memorize how much pressure you, you're applying to the strings. Um, the other thing too is you have the ability to tweak, you know, if, if, if it's slightly out of tune, you can always add or, or, or decrease the pressure. Uh, until it gets it to, but then you, you just gotta, you know, practice playing every string one at a time, memorizing the pitch as best you can. See, oh, that's a there. there. And then again. So, so, um, so it would be a, a good idea again to. You 
you know, to play the notes by itself and then uh, without the slap bar and then applying the slap bar and, yeah. and, 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 and matching the pitch, pitch by ear. Yeah, of yeah. course, another way you could do it is take a tuner, the snap-on tuners, I would recommend this, snap it on, switch it on, and then doing every string one at a time to make sure that you got the pitch. And then the next step is, as much as possible, memorize how much pressure you're applying, where you're putting the bar, you, you, know, uh, you know, what you can see when you're looking down. Because, you know, it's, it's so easy to play it out of tune. And, and you know, your job as, as a player is to get it right. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this. Can you play... Um I saw a cool one. I'm curious what it sounds like. Um, it's the C augmented chord right at the very beginning. It's like measure eight. Yeah, that that's a split bar in itself too. Okay, so let me sh show it to you. And that, uh, everybody, would be on strings one, two, and three. So one. Okay, let me put this down again. That's an augmented chord right over there. So frets eight. Eight seven. There you go. And, and, and I, you're putting pressure, yes. you say, when uh, on your bar. I, I I'm applying some pressure on, especially the second string out of the three. Okay. Okay. Uh, and just enough. So um, you know, I don't always get it right myself, but I can tweak it fast. Yeah. You know, so so if it's slightly off, slightly off, I'll tweak it right away, right on the spot. So let me let me work into that. Okay, so it goes like this: the introduction. And then you go into the body of the song, letter A. Yeah. So, so um, that's cool. I love that sound. Those those different chords, seventh chords and augmented chords, you're getting in there. Yeah. So, so here's another thing too, uh, to play musical. You know, again, anybody can play notes, and I'm gonna do this without showing my steel guitar because I want you as a listener to hear this, to absorb it. Okay, and, and not necessarily to look at it, because I think you can figure out what it is I'm doing without actually looking down at my fretboard. Okay, in fact, I'll do it two ways. Uh, for those who's, who are saying, no, 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 I have to see it. You know, I, I'm so visual. <laughs> By the way, I'm kinesthetic. Okay, so people are, you know. Auditory, some are visual, some are kinesthetic. And what does kinesthetic mean? Feelings. Ah. It's, yeah. So visual, somebody can learn better by watching, by seeing. Some people learn best by hearing. Some people learn best by feeling it. Ah. Yeah. I like to feel things. Yeah, inside. And then I, then I put it on my steel guitar. Oh, yes, I do listen. Of course, I have to. Uh... <laughs> For the scene part, not not as important. For me, um, 
I'm not a great reader. Oh, I can sight read, yes. But I'm not into books so much, although I like to read, you know, um, some of my favorite subjects, including Hawaiian history, Hawaiian music, things like that, Hawaiian geography, Hawaiian fish, um, American uh, history, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So if I have time, I read, which means I don't have much time to do that <laughs> because I'm doing all of this, yeah. other fun stuff. Okay, let me play it. And, and um, I want you to hear what I'm doing from the introduction, measure three to measure four. Okay, focus on that. I'm going to start on measure one. One, two, three. Okay. Let me now show you, give you another example uh, with, you know, adding something in there. Okay. I'm not sure if, if you know what I did, uh, but just in case, again, this is for the ones who are visual. This is what I did. Okay. And then I'll talk about it in a moment. Okay, that's straight vanilla, no hot fudge added. Now I'm going to add the hot fudge. Okay, just to break it down, the second one, well, well do you know what I did, Troy? Could you see what I did? Different? Yeah. Yes, definitely. You took that, that on, the, on the third measure... It's a dotted half note, which means it, 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 you're letting it ring out for the whole measure. But instead of just hitting it and letting it ring out, you kind of take all that space and you're sliding one fret into it, right? Right. I'm taking a lot of it. Like half of the measure it is actually the... And once I touch that double 12 up here, I... You know, I, I, as a visual, I like to say, you know, it's like a basketball player. They jump up to the hoops to touch the hoops, you know, to get the ball in the basket. But they don't stay up there. They come right back down. So that's what I'm doing. So I don't linger on the double 12 frets, you know. Yeah. And, and so I take my time. I drag it as much as possible, touch the double 12 and slide down to the double nine. So if you don't understand what I'm talking about, the double 12 and double nine, you gotta get the tab, because you'll see it right there on measures three and four, as well as other parts of, of, of the song. So it makes a big difference doing this versus Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean that's that's actually adding something between the notes. Otherwise, you're playing notes. Yes. And I'm not saying it's wrong to play notes. Obviously, if you're playing the right notes, that's fine. But if you want to add a little luster to it, then you add certain things like what I did in there. Of course. So this song, Vehi Vehi Oi, at least the tab itself, I I I have slants in it. I have the 
the split bars in it. I have some strums, maybe a couple of strums in there. And and what I normally do is in the beginning, I pay honor to the composer by by um, making the melody uh, the way he or she wrote it, and um, with a few ornamentations, not much. Uh, and 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 then so so whoever is playing it will know what the melody is. Afterwards, I start to add some variations. Okay. And okay. and enough things you know to help with technique. And and as far as, you know, you just kind of put the the fudge on there when you feel it, more or less. Because really, on the tab, if 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 uh, our listeners or viewers don't know, uh, you can get the tab on onlinelessonvideos.com if you're if you're watching or listening to this. But I see that that dotted half note, twelfth fret, second string, third string a lot, and um, I'm, I'm just guessing you just kind of play it whenever you feel it, right? When you feel you want to slide. Right. It. Well, well, that is music. Yeah. You play from your heart. Yeah. And so if you, if you play it one way tonight, maybe next week, you might feel different and play it a little differently. It's all about interpretation. Yeah. It's all about interpretation. And I find that, and you maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but the bluegrass sound, you know, the country sound, let's say, versus Hawaiian, seems like Hawaiian has slower everything's slower the slide the slides are slower you're not in such a hurry to get from one that's at least what i've learned from you is that is that correct yeah very correct it's it's sort of like the lifestyle here in the islands i'm not talking about downtown honolulu things are slower actually yeah things are slower than than in a lot of uh other major cities in the United States, a lot slower. The pace is slower. Uh, the people are not so explosive. <laughs> Although, you know, we have a few here and there, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, but, but you know, especially when you get out of town, things slow down quickly. And when you leave the island and go to other islands, it slowed, slows down a lot more, especially if you go to, like, Molokai. Oh, it, it, the pace is very slow. You know, there, there's a sign, you know, handwritten sign that says, slow down, Yen Molokai. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, in other words, you don't have to rush to go anywhere. Take your time. Enjoy life. Yeah. Um, and so, so anyway, I, I, I hope everybody enjoys Vehi Vehioi. It is a beautiful song. I remember it from years ago. Um, I, I heard it on some albums, but I haven't heard it recently. But, you know, then again, there's a lot of new Hawaiian songs out there. But there's a big difference uh, be between the, the newly composed songs today and the songs from yesterday. I mean, it's like, you know, I prefer playing the older songs because they have a certain romance in them. Uh, there's something about them. Yeah, it... it it's not driving or anything. It's just lilting, it's like in this song. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of challenge. Yeah. I, I, those those split bars. They're they're totally new to me. I I had never even heard in, of a split bar until your workshop this year in Maui. Uh huh. I'd never even heard that word before, and I've been playing you know a few years, but you know that's cool. Yeah. Well, Jerry Bird used them a lot. Um, 
I would have never thought about it myself. But because of that, you know, I started experimenting and finding other ways of playing chords. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's so much that can be done on the steel guitar, and it depends on the tuning, too. Mm -hmm. You know, on, on uh, certain other tunings, you can use slats to get uh, some pretty interesting chords. <laughs> so really interesting. I tell you what, you know, you listen to somebody from Japan, like Lion Kobayashi. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he knows his neck well. Uh, you know, using a certain tuning, he can find a lot of jazz chords. A lot of jazz chords. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. So, wow. Oh, he's great, yes. He's great. You know, he is he is a master, the sensei of steel guitar in Japan. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, he is. He is. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's something else. Yeah. 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 Well, good deal. Well, thanks, Alan. I, I, I think we're uh, over time here, but I appreciate you uh, showing us this song and, and for all these podcasts you're doing with me. It's great. I really appreciate yeah. it. I got to fly out to Kona soon. Right after this, I'm going to pack my bags and head out to the airport and fly over to Kona on the big island. And you know what? I guess next time, perhaps we can talk about that and maybe a song from, from what we're going to do tonight. Um, just to give you a little preview, we're going to, um, we're going to talk about, uh, about a, a particular ranch in North Kona and some of the songs from there, old songs and have some of the Paniolo or the Hawaiian Cowboys come and talk about you know their their memories of that it'll, it'll be great i'm looking forward to it oh that sounds fun that's amazing wow oh yeah i i am really looking forward to it is it true okay. that the, the largest uh, no. ranch in in the united states is in hawaii is that the well at at one time yeah in in the united states it was parker ranch on the big island and then you know uh, then um texas had the largest privately owned ranch. Ah, okay. And the Parker Ranch was number two. Yeah. Uh, today, I'm not sure. Yeah. But Parker Ranch is still in existence. There are a lot of ranches on on the, on the islands, not only not only Hawaii Island, but all the islands. And, and, and um, anyway, so we're going to talk about this one called Pu'uva'ava'a. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Interesting uh, history and, and, and so on. Um, I look forward to it. Okay, well, safe travels. Okay, take care. Try it to everybody else out there in podcast land. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs>